Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Hey everyone, welcome back. All right, we're in Ephesians 5 in our Live the Life series, and I'm excited because today we're talking about marriage, husbands and wives, one of the most important topics that we could possibly talk about in today's world. And of course, God has a lot to say about what marriage is supposed to look like, but I wonder how you are after last week's teaching. You remember, how could you ever forget Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20? always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. If you think verse 20 was challenging, here comes verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. (laughs) And then he proceeds to talk about marriage. All right, a man came home from work and he told his wife, hey, I've invited a friend over for dinner tonight. What? She says, are you crazy? The house is a mess. I didn't go shopping. All the dishes are dirty and the kids are fighting. And I don't feel like cooking a nice meal. Oh, the man says, I know. Then why did you invite him over? Because the poor guy's thinking about getting married. (laughs) For a lot of people, marriage is a mess. It's crazy. It's hectic. And there's very little payoff. It's all work, no reward, but that's not the way God designed it, at least the way I see it. God designed marriage to be a blessing, to benefit both people in the marriage, in fact, and not only to work for their good, but for his glory. But there's some things that you need to know and do, or it's not going to work right, okay? Marriage doesn't work on its own. Maybe you figured that out, and if you haven't, you will. You have to work at it. And when we do it God's way, it works. So as we take a look at Ephesians 5, let me just say marriage affects everybody. It just does. Not everybody here is or will be married, but marriage affects everybody. It's literally the foundation of civilization. It's the core of the family unit, the way in which other humans are brought into the world and trained up. And ultimately, it's a mirror of Christ and the church. So In a very real way, as goes marriage, so goes the world. So while you may not immediately assume this affects you, let's let God speak to it because this is, this one is huge. It's big. So Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 21. We're going to read all the way through verse 33. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. 
For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Now, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You know, it only takes three verses to instruct wives, but nine to instruct husbands. That's offensive. (laughs) Are we really that slow? God's instructions for marriage start with a very divisive and sensitive topic. It's a very bad word. It's the S word, submit. And let's be honest, nobody likes the word. When I think of submission, I think of that professional wrestling. When they get you in a kabuki hold, my wife informed me, it's literally you're choking somebody and you have to tap them. That's a submission hold. And most people just assume that the Bible says submission is just the wife's job. They think, oh, the Bible's archaic and the male-dominated world and doesn't respect women. It's not true at all. In fact, God's the one who created women as equal bearers of his image. If anybody values women, it's God. But within the context of marriage, which is a choice, God does give us roles. And while God does challenge the wife to be submissive, it's only after he's challenged both people in the marriage to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, most of the time, I hear people teaching about marriage from Ephesians 5. They skip a verse. They skip verse 21, which says, submit to one another. Submission isn't her job. It's our job. And if my attitude towards my wife is a willful yielding, not trying to lord over her or to be her boss, but coming down off of my self-made throne and submitting to her needs and her desires, I'm already off to a great start. See, the key to understanding the verse is to give focus in the right place. See, the right focus is not wife submit or husband's love, but it is this, as to the Lord, it's Christ, as Christ loved. Each person must first be focused on Christ. See, because without that focus on Christ, I may find myself living what I call in selfie mode. It's all about me, myself, and I. I want to be independent of you or I want to be in control of you. Those are the extremes. And when people focus on themselves, they move to one extreme or the other, the extremes of independence or oppression. If commitment and trust in marriage are what you want, doesn't it make sense to give that very same thing to the other person. In those extremes, neither the husband nor wife gets what they want. That's why God's balance plan for marriage is this, mutual respect. And what we see here is a sacrifice of will. The woman's will is sacrificed for the sake of her husband and the husband's will is sacrificed for the sake of his wife. We focus our lives in Christ, and we learn to honor one another. But it requires us to renew our minds and have a change of heart. As God begins to specifically address wives, this is what he says. Wives, submit to your husbands as you submit to the Lord. And just that phrase alone has caused a lot of wars. All I can say is, please don't shoot the messenger. While it's not a popular message, it is a biblical message. And as always, I can try to change what God says or I can let what God says change me. So wives, submit to your husbands. And let's start with that word submit. What does it mean? 
Is it meant to demean women or hold them back some way? Does it mean that they're less than? No, quite the opposite. What Paul is doing is he's appealing to women as equal share partners in the marriage, equally valued, equally important, equally made in the image of God, and he's challenging them to be the yielding partner, to willingly step down a notch so that the husband can reflect Christ by being the leader or the shepherd. And if you have two equal partners and one doesn't yield to the other, you don't have a marriage, you have a cage match. At least that's what I call it. I've seen it, so have you. Wives and, and husbands just battling it out for first place. They want control. Who's going to get the power? It's ugly, and it never ends well. But he doesn't say women obey like children or slaves. He says submit. It's a willful decision. It's not something that's forced, but something that's chosen. See, the Greek word for submit is hupotasso, the willful choice to place myself under someone's authority. I want you to think about it. If you can choose to submit, then you're not a slave. If you're forced to submit, then you've got a problem. And God doesn't say, husbands, make your wife submit anywhere, ever. Men, get your wife back in line. He never says it. God doesn't say that. You can just try it if you want and see why he didn't say that. He says, men, love your wives. And before he says that, he says, submit to one another. It's very important. Listen. Wives, you don't submit to your husband because he's awesome. He may be, but that's not why. You submit to your husband because Jesus is awesome and he's asked you to. Ultimately, you see, you're not really submitting to your husband. You're submitting to Jesus. I'm doing this for you, Lord. That's what you can say. You're looking up and you're going, okay, Jesus, this is for you because I really don't even like this guy that much sometimes, but because I love you, I love him. Because I submit to you, I'll submit to him. Life isn't just about what you do. It's about who you do it for. You know, my wife does this really well. Early on in our marriage, she made a conscious decision to submit herself to me, but she didn't tell me. This is important. There was no proclamation. I just thought one day, I am awesome for sure. Turns out that's not at all why. Here's a woman with this college degree, not a pushover of any kind. She's firm, but kind. She submitted herself to Christ first, and I got the benefit of it. And because of that, we've been able to work through a lot of hard stuff. I think one of the biggest blessings God has given me is a wife that gets it. I'm very grateful for her. I need her support and admiration and love just to keep going. I need her understanding. I need her prayer, and I need her to believe in me. And my wife once told me that she often hears women, and this is important, she often hears women talking about their husbands, what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. And what struck her in those conversations was, and this is a quote from her, how easy we are to please. Now, my gut reaction was, really? That's what she said, though. She said, we, all we want is for our husbands to be Christ-like examples for us, for our children, and for the world. We want our opinions to be taken seriously and not to have them be validated by someone else before they're considered as good opinions. We want our feelings to matter and not be an inconvenience to you. Rarely do we complain about material things, she said. Okay, I thought about it, it's valid. So when God says wives willfully step down from your throne and support that guy, 
It's not because he deserves it. It's because he needs it. And you don't do it because he's awesome, right? You do it because God is awesome and he has plans for your life and for your marriage and for the mission that you're living in your life. And your husband deeply desires your respect. Believe that. The number one thing I need is for someone to think I'm awesome. I thank God that I get that from my wife. I want to encourage women to understand the role they play in the life of their man and how much influence God has given you. Here's the principle for the wife. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. God knew what would work. These are not some random thoughts. Our creator knew that men would respond positively to being genuinely and consistently respected. Not women submitting to men, that's not what he's talking about, but rather wives submitting to their own husbands. Nowhere are wives instructed to obey their husbands. I know I said that before, but it bears out saying again. Now, husbands, love. It's interesting that Paul spends more time talking to the husbands than to the wives, but we tend to spend more time arguing over what God says to women. Very interesting, isn't it? And not enough time looking at what God says to the men. I think the failure of men to love their wives, I think it's significant. Let's be honest, guys. We stink sometimes at loving our wives. Now, some of you are awesome. That's not me. It's not even something that comes naturally to us usually. Maybe I'm projecting my own failures onto you guys. If I am, I apologize. Forgive me. But most guys aren't loving naturally. If we were, God wouldn't have to tell us to do it, right? On the other hand, women seem to be more naturally understanding about how to love. Not always, I'm speaking generally. They just do. You watch them with their friends. They all hug and I hear them on the phone. They're like, love you so much. They text each other these emojis and stuff. And I have some guys that do that too. And it's very unnerving. But guys, we have nicknames for each other that that, that we're not going to mention here. But we can be sarcastic to each other, make rude comments to one another, and we're not offended. That's often how dudes talk. Guys love each other by picking on each other, at least I do with a lot of my friends. How do you know if I love you? It's because I make fun of you. That's how you know. The more I make fun of you, the more I love you. But husbands, I think the number one mistake we sometimes make with our wives is this. We treat them like guys. At least my wife has told me that. Over time, you talk to your wife like you talk to one of your buddies and you joke with her. Maybe you get a little sarcastic, point out some imperfections. Let me just tell you, while guys may think, that's okay. Wives don't. While guys may show love like that to each other, that's not how God wants us to show love to our wives. When it comes to love, God's already told us what it's supposed to look like. 1 Corinthians, let's turn over there. Verse 13, chapter 13, rather, verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love, delights, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now listen, guys, what if we really loved our wives like God tells us to? Can you imagine the impact on your marriage, your family, on the world around you? 
What if we just started treating scripture as orders from Christ rather than suggestions or recommendations? If we just started loving our wives, like God says here in 1 Corinthians 13, find a project that she wants to be done around the house and get it done. Speak kindly to her. Be humble and forgiving. It would literally, literally be a game changer. I think one of the things that makes the wife's job of supporting so hard is that we don't always do our job of leading in love. Would you agree? If as husbands we loved our wives like Christ loved the church, it would make their jobs a whole lot easier. Guys, do you think your wife would be more willing to submit to you if she knew that you had her best interests as your highest priority? But let's be honest, most of us think way more about ourselves than we ever do about our wives. We love a lot of things a lot more than we love our wives. We love our jobs, we love our careers, our positions, our respect in the workplace, we love our hobbies, sports, fishing, golf, softball, we love cars, we love working in the garage, at least I do. But if someone was looking at our life, it would be hard for them to accuse us of loving our wives. Now I realize I'm throwing a big blanket over this thing, but he doesn't just say, love your wives here in Ephesians 5.33. This is what he says. However, each one of us must also love his wife as he loves himself. Guys, if we did what God says here, I think most of our marriage problems would disappear. Instead of pointing out her faults, just work on what God says to me. Just work on ourselves. I received an email from a guy that appreciated this message, and this is what he wrote. He said, Dan, I'm reading the letter, talking about the book of Ephesians, every day, and God is teaching me to be and then to do, but first to be. You know, a lot of people think marriage is a fairy tale a romantic paradise where two lovers express their passion for each other on a daily basis. A lot of people think that, but God knows better. God knows marriage takes work. It takes commitment. It takes preparation. Here are some practical steps I think that you could take. Find a couple, friends, who have a healthy Christ-centered marriage and invite them out to dinner. Maybe you read together. Read the Bible or the same books of the Bible. That's what my wife and I do. Or have a daily devotion to practice, a daily devotional that you're going to practice that day. Maybe you read a book together or the same book so that you can have conversation about it. Pray together every day. Couples who pray together, stay together. Principle for the husbands, it's this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Our creator knew that women would respond positively to being genuinely and consistently cherished. We do not love our wives because they are awesome, although every one of them is, but because of who we follow. Now, how did Christ love the church? Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. He sacrificed himself for our sake. He loved sacrificially. You see, a part of living the life is to love our wives sacrificially. What does that look like? Jesus showed us his love through his actions and his attitudes. What he did and how he did it, he served the disciples. He washed their feet. We covered that a few weeks ago because the job needed to be done. That's why he did wash their feet. 
So let me ask you, what does your wife need to be done? What's obvious? Look around. Jesus showed his love through his humble and forgiving attitude. We can do the same. Also, use your words wisely. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says, Only speak what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. It's powerful. If you're married, are you living out Christ's love to your spouse? Are you submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ? You know, it's about him. It really is at the end it's, and not yourself. Are you imitating God and making him happy by the way you treat your husband or your wife? And for all of us, whether we're single or married, are you submitting to and honoring and loving Jesus? Jesus loves us enough that he laid down his life for us and he wants a committed relationship to us. You know, relationships don't just work. You work on them. Are you working at it? Just like in a marriage, over time, our relationship with God can deteriorate, of course, and it becomes more about me. And that's where, that's where we can go wrong. For those of us who are the bride of Christ, we're followers of Christ, committed Christians, let me remind you that he did the heavy lifting in this relationship. He carried my sins to the cross and he's still working. He's working in me and he's working on me. He who began a good work in me will be faithful to carry it through to completion. Jesus gave it all for me and is still committed to me. Where am I at with him? What am I giving back in this relationship to him? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I pray that you will work in and through every man and woman. I pray, Father, that you will help us to live our lives sacrificially. When we want to behave in a way that is dishonoring to you, Father, or unkind to our husband or our wife, I pray, Father, that you will through the influence and knowledge of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit in our life, I pray that you will give us, empower us, Father, to live in a way that is glorifying to you. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.